What's going on, everybody? Um, so I might do this, uh, for it for a while because it's a lot easier in some ways. Like I did on the last, well, not the last episode, the one before that, where I basically just combined a bunch of ideas into one. Um, easier for you to listen, easier for you to follow, um, in this way. And today, in this segment, we're talking about what versus why, the essential difference. Um, I think this is going to be basically a self-awareness episode um, so far, uh, based on the ideas that I've had so far. So this is continuing the theme of unifying yourself. Um, And... When you hear this term, most people think of it in like the terms of like unifying, like your unity consciousness, you're one with everything. But they don't think about it in terms of like you're one with yourself because they already think that they're one with themselves um, and they're not as much as they may think, um, as I've explained before, right? So, unity consciousness is about basically undividing yourself from yourself, as I've said before. Because, like I've said, and I'll say it a million times, all you really know is yourself. All you really know is your personal experience of life. Like, you you may know the color red, but... But for all you know, your color red might be different from the color red that I see, if I could see color red, right? Um, And so, when I'm talking about dividing yourself from yourself, I'm not talking about just your thoughts and your emotions and your feelings and things like this. Um... I'm talking much more uh, unified than that. Like, what you've read, what you believe, what you've heard has happened miles or hundreds or thousands or more miles away. You think those things are separate from you because you think that there is an external world. And maybe there is and maybe there isn't, but you don't know that for sure. All you know is your experience. Is there a difference between you within yourself and without of your um you know, outside the things that you think are outside of you, like your bed, your car? You know, because when you're seeing those things, you're experiencing them right now, so they are technically a part of you in this kind of way. Um, You know, it's a very radical point to be made out here. Or or to be made here, sorry. And so how do you develop self-awareness? How do you become more aware of these things? I will be trying to talk about this, making this episode. 
to help you to unify yourself. And the first bit of this is asking the questions, asking the question, what? What versus why? The essential difference is the uh, name of this segment. Um, so when you introspect, which people do sometimes do, what they often do is they ask the question, why? Why did I do this? Why did this happen? Um, when really they should be asking the question, or the, yeah, they should be asking what? What made me do this? What made uh, them angry about, what, what made them angry concerning what I did? Things like this. And the reason why what is more powerful than why, I think there's many reasons. Um, I think one of the big, biggest reasons is that when you ask why, you can kind of create general answers. Because it's not based on like facts. Like, what is a dog? You know, a dog is traditionally seen as like a certain specific kind of thing with certain kinds of parameters like if you saw a dog with whiskers or if you saw a dog with like a human face or something you wouldn't think of it as a dog you'd be think of it some as some kind of mutant or something um or you wouldn't look at a human and go oh this is a dog or something like this right uh, and so what creates the possibility, the greater possibility of becoming more specific versus why, which is much, much more general. Like, you know, you could ask the question, why did I do this? Or why can't I get a boyfriend or a girlfriend or whatever it is? But you, but, but doing that, you, you, you come up with way too general answers. It'll be way too subjective. Uh, which can create what's called rumination, which is just kind of like becoming consumed by your thoughts. You think, uh, you overthink, basically. And so what forces you to become more specific about these things? About yourself, about others, about how others might perceive you, things like this. Um, And so what is... The literal definition of becoming specific, specific uh, the becoming the specificist, um, in this kind of way. Because you can't say what did I do that, because it doesn't make sense. Because why did I do that is a very general question. And so you could, but if you ask the question, what made me do that within myself, you know. Um, what made me do that? You could you could look with awareness, with observation, and and ask and answer the question. Oh, I was you know angry at the time, but I didn't know. I didn't notice because I was too focused on my thoughts, what I was saying to this person, which is generally what happens when you're shouting at somebody or when you're really annoyed at somebody or whatever. Um, what made me do that? Or something along those lines. What can I do to be less fearful? Things like this. Um, 
something I'm starting to do as well, just becoming aware and asking these kinds of questions. Um, It forces you to become more specific about things you have to become aware of what you're what you're seeing when you ask this question what um, and so that's one of the main things about self awareness this is something that I've actually there was actually a TED talk going over this and I talked about this on a YouTube video as well I was going into it in a different way than they did but what I've become aware of by asking these kinds of this kind of question of like what is you become more able to be specific, be not as general when you're asking what. What is reality? What is God? What is purpose? What is life? What is oh, you can you can ask that that question about all kinds of different things and you can come up with interesting answers through direct experience. It doesn't mean those answers are right, but it it's something that you have become aware of directly. You know, why why do you think there's so many people so many different disagreements that people have? It's because different people experience different things. The principles uh the principle of separate realities is something I might talk about in this episode as well, because it helps you become more aware once you start to see that you are not uh you know, people think that everybody is the same, and in some ways it is semi-true. There are certain things that you can predict about people, but every everybody has very different responses to things and things like this. Um, so asking the question, what, is very important. Uh, because it helps you become more self-aware. So I might I'm going I think I'm going to do a more observational um, segment on this as well to help you literally literally become aware of what you've divided from yourself. But anyways, hope you enjoyed this segment, and I will see you on the next one. So <clears throat> continuing the exploring self awareness. Uh, episode I want to talk to you about awakenings if you have had or haven't had any awakenings the thing that you under- you have to understand is that the awakening never lasts um, so if you had an awakening like I had an awakening that I literally talked about yesterday. Uh, the rapid psyche changes that you experience that you can definitely experience with an awakening. It doesn't necessarily last, but the understanding from the awakening can last if you listen to it, understand what it's saying, things like this. So how do you know if you've been awakened? Have you had an awakening? Um, you know, people kind of put these kinds of things on a pedestal, like, oh, he's enlightened or he's awakened. Um, 
but honestly, awakenings are just like an uh, insight, but stronger. Like an insight can be something that changes your perspective on something. Awakenings kind of a similar. Um, a lot of awakenings come with psyche changes. Um, you you can become more compassionate. You can become more understanding of how the world works and things like this. Um, and so, when you become awakened, your awakening is. In most, in many cases, going to create what I like to call rapid, but impermanent psyche changes. And what this really means is that you have, let's say you get an awakening, right? It says things need to change and, you know, you need to stop being this way because it's not helping for these reasons, which can happen, right? Sometimes awakenings can be very personal. Sometimes they're very uh, universal. So the awakening itself is maybe going to last like a week at most. Two weeks. Rarely it'll, it'll last longer. Some people have it, have some awakenings that last longer. Um... like a month or two or sometimes more like you can have awakenings like in last years but um you know usually they don't last very long and they create with themselves rapid psyche changes you have talked about the recent awakening that I've had about how you divide yourself why this is a problem for you, not really for like in a judgmental way, but like a problem that causes you problems, things like this. That was an awakening. Um, you know, don't be tricked by this awakening. Sometimes you can be tricked by it, and you can think this is a a permanent awakening. And it is, right? But the psyche changes themselves that come with this awakening don't last for various reasons. Um, and your mind comes back for whatever reason. <clears throat> but don't miss, dismiss it either when that happens. When you have those psyche changes happen and they end in whatever form they were in, you... You don't want to give up. You don't want to stop with the awakening process because you know I've had several awakenings before, and back in the day, it was about the psyche changes, like oh I'm feeling this way. It's it's all amazing and things like this, um, and. But they never last, and I was like, oh no, you know, whatever it is, right? And so, the psyche changes themselves are just a, a way to further you along this awakening path that, you know, God or whatever has given you. Um, 
I think we over uh, we put these things too much on a pedestal in some ways um, because it and because we do that they don't actually come to us as much as they would ordinarily do um, and Awakening can be very simple, but also, and sometimes, sometimes it can be very difficult, very complex. Um, they can be very personal to you, or they can be very universal. And When you have these awakenings, you're, it's like you literally become a different person for a while. Um, you know, if you're wondering if you've ever had an awakening before, there are certain symptoms, certain signs that you can become aware of. One of them is the psyche changes, like I said. That's, that's really the most prominent like you might notice yourself becoming more compassionate, more loving, uh, less controlled by your dogmas, less controlled by ego, things like this. You may notice yourself becoming, feeling more luminous, things like this. And so there's all, all kinds of these rapid psyche changes that you experience, which kind of like motivates you to continue this kind of work. But when you get an awakening, go, don't get too stuck on the psyche changes. The psyche changes are just a, a, a glimpse of, of a way of life, a way of doing things. It's just a way of helping you to uh, become motivated to do what the awakening says to do. Or listen to it with the awakening and take it into heart, you know, basically. Um, you you might become you might notice yourself becoming more joyful because of this awakening. Um, things like this. And so your awakening is going to be different it may also be uh, a sense of a lot of peace that can also happen you know it can happen in a way that's very different as well um, <clears throat> there are some awakenings that I've had where it's it's not necessarily more compassion or love in this way but it's a peaceful Awakening, like the peace is much different than the typical peace, even necessarily that you normally would experience. But it is there. Uh, you become less biased. There's a, there's a different ego change that happens. Um, and. Basically, your spirituality flowers. It blooms. 
and you get all this color within your mind, not like like actually, but like I'm being more poetic and metaphorical here, but you get a lot of these like uh many colors within your awareness you you you're basically becoming alivened by this awakening. You feel more alive, you feel more like aware. There's more alertness. There's more of like a, an energy of being. Uh, it's like an energy that's really alert, much more alert than it was. But not like an alertness that's resistant or strong. Not like an alertness that is uh, basically hardened. You know, like if you become alert right now, like really aware. And kind of like really force the concentration, you'll you'll notice that it becomes really hard, like your mind, your head. You'll you'll notice the hardening sensation within your body and your head. You become more tense. It's not like this, but it is an alertness that happens. You become more alert, but it's not a hardening kind of alertness. It's more like a tingling energy sensation alertness that happens to a certain extent. It's the best way if I, I can explain it, you know, and <clears throat> you start to, you definitely start, you definitely see things in a different light than you did before. And you will absolutely know that you're having these awakenings, this awakening when you experience these kinds of things. Um, some people say they have them all the time. Like some people say they they're awakened like this all the time. Their psyche is like this all the time. Whether, that, whether that's actually true or not, I wouldn't get my hopes up for that kind of eventuality because all experiences come and go, as Eckhart Tolle says in The Power of Now. Um, what I will tell you though is that if you are <clears throat> A person who is uh, likes different psychological states, likes to have a rapid change to their psyche, wants more joy, happiness, and it it can become like a, a an attachment for you. When the awakening ends, it can be very disappointing to you. When the uh, when I would say the psyche changes of this awakening ends or or is lessened over time um you know because awakenings aren't like a this thing well it can happen that way don't get me wrong but sometimes like especially in sort of the intermediate beginning stages Awakenings aren't going to uh, show you the problems with your mindset, like when it comes to this kind of thing, like your addictions, your attachments. It will to a certain extent, but it won't necessarily penetrate, especially if you, it is very deep down and baked into your psyche like it often can be. Um, <clears throat> and so... These awakenings will do it in a very gentle way at first. 
I noticed, not always, but typically speaking, it will do it in a more gentle way. Um, and you have to be open to the awakening. Like, you can be very closed to an awakening, and its effects aren't going to last. It's not going to penetrate this hardened shell that you call the ego. Um, that you call you. And because the mind hardens itself, it kind of creates like this shell that can be very hardened from things that it, you know, finds frightening, that it doesn't want to happen to it, things like this. And so if an awakening happens, you can find yourself doing this. Um, so... You will know these signs when you see them. And then yourself. So what do you do when you become awakened? What what is the first thing that you do when when these changes happen or when they end especially? Um, When they happen, there's not much that you have to really do. I would continue practicing and things like this. Um, What I definitely wouldn't do is... Stop practicing. Um, because some, because they can give you this like placebo effect that says like, oh, you're now awakened, so you don't need to practice. Um, with, you know, the awakening is not going to tell you that, but your mind might get that impression. Um, and so don't do that. Um, you know, because it's not going to help you at all. Um, and so when the awakening ends, especially is where you start to maybe develop that as, as well. Like, oh, this is ending. Why continue? You might have that thought. You know, why do this if it's just going to end? You know, whatever it is. Um, and the answer is you do it because of the message the awakening is giving you. Because the awakening is not really about the rapid changes of your psyche. It's about the message that is delivering to you. You know, the the awakening... One thing to remember as well is the awakening doesn't come in words. Like, oh, you must not divide yourself from yourself. Because if it did, it would take it forever to, to communicate this. And you wouldn't believe it anyways. I mean, I already know that nobody's going to most people aren't going to listen to what I said in that episode and believe what I'm saying. They're going to be skeptical. They're going to be, their shell is going to harden even more. Things like this. So, anyways. Um, I might do some other ju- episode, uh, episode, other segments on judgment, how judgment feels, um, things like this. So, I'll see you in the next one. So, <clears throat> what is a judgment? How do judgments work? And how do you know when you are judging someone? Um, and this is important. This is an important subject because, in my experience, judgments are probably the most, the one thing that will most grab your attention, your awareness, away from 
actually becoming aware of the judgment, of the anger, of the emotion, whatever it is. Um, so, there's different kinds of uh, emotions that judgments can employ or can use or whatever are coming from. But I think one of the main ones is anger, is annoyance. Now, some people want to say that judgments come from love. And to a certain extent, I think that's true. But I think we need to recognize that actually the main component of judgments is anger, annoyance, not overtly love. Um, um, because it's true, technically, that everything technically comes from love, right? Even pedophiles love, you know, children. But the question is, is the love pure? Is it actually, like, good, a normal, good form of love? Is it, uh, this kind of thing? And the answer is often no, not really. Um... You know, people may think that this is a wrong statement to say that everything comes from love, but it does. And if you look close enough at somebody's actions and you know what they're saying, you can see the love in what they're saying. I, mean, I literally made an episode about this called "See the Love," and every how to see the love in every situation. Um, going into this, um, so a judgment is typically anger, typically. Annoyance, uh, especially a criticism, judgment. There are other kinds of judgments, what like you could call victim judgments, that come from a, a purely more of a sad or depressed kind of mindset. Like, oh, I'm the victim. I, you know, I did wrong. I I deserve to be judged. I am the bad person, or whatever. You know, things like this. And so these basically these two kinds of judgments. I think these are the main kinds of judgments that you have. Um, so it may be very difficult for you to become aware when a judgment is happening. But if you can become aware of that judgment when it's happening, become aware. Ask yourself: Am I? What is my emotional state in this moment? Your mind is not going to want to do this. It's going to want to keep commenting in its head. Uh, you know, so... In, in general, a stench, in short, basically, a judgment is just... An emotion wrapped around... That comes from... and Or is creating you just commenting in your head or out loud about somebody... Or yourself. In in a criticizing light. How dare he, he, you know, did this horrible thing to me at work. And I, you know, I can't work with him anymore or whatever. And so you might be angry. You might be, uh, feel like you've been betrayed or whatever. Um, you know, it's really interesting about anger. Uh, anger is actually a protection mechanism and 
isn't really the emotion itself that you're really feeling, but it is used as a protection from the emotion itself. Typically speaking, I've noticed, I've noticed this. So if you're like angry about how this person treated you, it's because you feel horrified about what this person did and things like this. Maybe if you're angry about what they, what your the politicians that you don't like did, it's because you are in judgment and criticism of these things. Maybe you're horrified, maybe you're sad or whatever. And so anger is a defense mechanism. And you can become aware of this defense mechanism. And you can become aware of the emotion that is being covered by the anger as well. It's not always simple, it's not always easy, but it is possible to do. And maybe not be protecting emotions as well as it might also be protecting um, something that you love. You know, like why are you angry because somebody beat your your dog up or whatever? You know, it's because you love your dog and things like this. Um, and so, it's trying to pr- protect you from. You know, bad things happening or from, you know, things like this. And so, honestly, the problem is uh, really interesting to me. Because people love to divide themselves. They love to say this politician, these politicians, this uh, particular political group, whether that be the right wing or the left wing or whatever, are bad and wrong and evil. Um... You know, people think it's the other party that's the problem, but what what it really is, is these emotions. When they when you're unaware of them, they become the problem. So and so, it might be a good thing to ask yourself: What am I feeling right now? What is my emotional state? And because, like I said in the first segment, what is better than why? As far as Asking questions about yourself and and reality goes. So, anyways, this is the. What is this on? What are we on now? The second or third segment? So, yeah. See you on the next one because I want to do an episode or on a segment on uh, what makes you cringe inside. That's also something that you're dividing from yourself. So, what makes you cringe inside? What makes you uncomfortable? Sometimes wildly uncomfortable. Um, whatever that is is if if you do have something like that, if you notice anything like this within your awareness, um, become aware of that sensation. What is causing this? What makes you uncomfortable about this? It could be anything, like you could be uncomfortable about going out or speaking in public, or it could be um, 
being uncomfortable about your words. People are uncomfortable about words. It's like, it's a word, you know, but people are uncomfortable about certain words. You shouldn't say certain things. We're seeing a lot more of this. And whether you as a listener thinks this is a good or bad thing is kind of irrelevant to this position uh, in itself, another kind of judgment, especially if it's filled with emotion. Um, But if you are someone who is wildly uncomfortable about certain words, certain things, um, become aware of this. Try not to notice any sounds that are happening. It's it's a busy household sometimes around here. But anyways, what's causing this, right? What makes you uh, uncomfortable about this thing? And what can you do to decrease the uncomfortability of these things? You know, these are very important questions that you need to answer within your awareness. Um... Now don't necessarily look to what your mind is telling you because your mind is going to deceive you in most case, in, in a lot of cases honestly because it's inter- it's not interested in a unified consciousness because a unified consciousness literally goes against its own self-interest. So become aware of it within awareness. Uh, the emotional state can give you hints. Uh, things like this. You know, for instance, if you're a homophobe, there has actually been some interesting data showing that homophobes are homophobes because they are homosexual themselves not every one of them but some say maybe that's what you're faced with or maybe you're afraid of or uncomfortable of Trigger words because they are actually not because you dis- dislike those words. I mean that, that 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 is part of it, but it but more so about maybe is because 
you secretly want to be free enough to say those words, but can't. Uh, you know, maybe that's what's going on here. And things like this. And so we have to learn how to become aware of these uncomfortabilities. You know, we don't have to necessarily do anything about this. I mean, we can if we want, but it's not necessarily, in my opinion, it's more important that we become aware of these uncomfortabilities. So, um, I'll see you in the next segment. Are you aware? So, many people think that they're actually aware. They're self-aware. They're well aware of themselves, but they're actually not. Um, and bec- the reason why they think this is because the mind, like if I ask you right now, are you aware? Most people will say yes, because what what is happening here? The mind's playing a very sneaky game with you. Uh, because what what it's doing when when it says yes is it looks to memory and says, oh, I was aware of this, and then says yes. Or it looks to itself, once I said this, you become a little bit aware, and then you say yes. Something along those lines happen, right? Um, and the truth is that most of us... Uh, are automatic thinkers automatically unaware because of this fact? We are automatic. Uh, our awareness gets automatically grabbed by reality, by things around you, or by your thoughts. So, this probably will not work for you if you are in this kind of category. If you are, you, you should try to learn to meditate. This helps a little bit. Because it kind of gets you to uh, a little bit of a loosening of these things. So that you can start to become more aware as time goes by. Um, And so this is going to be something probably better suited to a more intermediate. Or, you know, maybe even an advanced student. Um, Maybe somebody who isn't completely intermediate but is trying to get there. And maybe they're very close. So, how do you know if you are aware? Is the question. Um, and the answer is that you have to figure this out through experience. But the basic answer that I can give you is becoming versus observing. Um, and this is a very interesting point that we can make more on... In a new in other episodes, but basically, if you are unaware or less aware, at least you are becoming your thoughts. You're becoming your thought, your surroundings, whatever it is uh, that you're angry about. And what I mean by this is like you feed this stuff with your energy unconsciously. Um, it's a bit harder to explain what this means in words. You have to literally see yourself doing this to understand what I'm saying. 
People do use different words for this. People say that you identify with your thoughts, you identify with your the words, whatever it is, your emotions. That can help you understand this as well. But typically when we use the word identify, we use it in a very specific kind of way. Like I, I am identified with my body. I know I am my body. And we think about it and we know this based on what we think. Uh, even though it, it isn't necessarily true. <laughs> but you know, I've talked about that in an episode called Who Am I? A Guide to Self-Inquiry. But anyways... Um, When the reason why I don't use this word identified with in this way, you identify with your thoughts or whatever, is because most people don't really know what that means. Um, you know, identify is a very unconscious thing, but we think it's conscious. Like if you're not, if you're unconscious, <coughs> you think that you're conscious. If you're conscious, you you still think that you're conscious. And you think that your consciousness is amazingly high. When it's still very low, it's it's a very sneaky thing that your mind does. Anyways, and so... Uh, basically, you basically feed these thoughts with your energy. You become invested in them. In a sense. But in a very unconscious way. And the only reason... The only way you can really know this... To be true is by becoming aware... Of yourself when you're thinking. When you're so engaged in your thoughts. And you're, you become a little bit aware of that. And you go, okay, let me become aware. Oh, wow, I'm, I'm really invested in these thoughts. Things like this. <laughs> you know, and I'm not going to say to never do this. To never become invested in your thoughts. Never think... <laughs> purposefully and things like this um, because it is important to do that but oftentimes we do that even with mind wandering and things that aren't necessarily the most useful to us as humans you know that's why people get stuck in drama that's why people get stuck in uh, arguments and debates about how they think things need to be and should be like oh you you bad person, you don't believe in climate change and all these things, right? Um, and those things you, you are investing in unconsciously without realizing it. And so most people think that they're conscious, they're aware when they're not. It's a sad problem, but it can't be fixed. And if you are one of those people who get automatically grabbed by your thoughts, your emotions, what's happening around you, things like this, you can start by becoming aware of your emotions, your thoughts, when this isn't happening as much, when you're like having in your calm, calmer moments, 
which is why meditation can be very useful because it can help you to start to do more of this more often, uh, much more clearly. And uh, once you start to do that, you do start becoming more able to become aware without being invested in what you're aware of. So, anyways, hope you enjoy this. And I'll talk to you in the next one. And I'll talk to you in the next episode. What are you aware, unaware of? And what are the consequences of this? These are two basic questions you could ask yourself if you want to develop more self-awareness. So there's two kinds of self-awareness, inner self-awareness and outer, meaning you can be self-aware of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your, what somebody does to you, how that affects you inside and things like this. But you can also be become self-aware of how your behavior as how that may affect others, uh, things like this. And I'm primarily talking about the inner here because it, in my opinion, is kind of the first sort of step. Uh, the more that you can sort of understand the inner, the less controlled by the inner you will start to become. If you just start becoming, just start becoming aware and observant of it, and then you can start to notice your behavior. I mean, you can do both at the same time, honestly. And it probably is important to do both at the same time. But I primarily start with the inner in this, in this episode because it is something that, well, the, number one, I'm, I'm more familiar with it. Number two, I think it's important to start with ourselves. Um, because if you're looking at the outer primarily, or even mostly, you may become more guilty. You may actually uh, be unable to escape the trap that you're in. As you have to do both in a little way. So, what are you unaware of? This is a question you can ask yourself. What am I unaware of right now? And to give you a little hint, in most cases, if you're thinking... If you're talking, you're unaware. If you're commenting in your head about something that you find disagreeable, that you did, that somebody did to you, you're unaware. Um, in most cases, I would argue. So, what are the consequences of this? So here's where we get into finding out experientially why unawareness doesn't always pay. And uh, this is something you're going to have to find out for yourself. You're going to have to sit there for minutes just looking within or without whatever you're doing 
and asking these questions and looking for minutes at a time and finding answers through your awareness, not necessarily through your mind, but through awareness itself. You can use your mind to analyze it a little bit as long as you're not too stuck in doing that unless unless you're you know not too as long as you're not too stuck in doing that as long as you're not doing that for hours or or for too long there's nothing wrong with doing that to a certain extent as long as you ask the question and look to your experience uh, until you find enough hits to give you the answer then you state the answer to yourself that's really all you need to do. There's really no need to analyze too much uh, for the most part. Um, <clears throat> I mean, you can to a certain extent, but you know, I wouldn't make it too much of a habit because then you can become unaware even more. And so, um, so, these are these are basically some tips and tricks and some hopefully helpful ways for you to become more self-aware uh, that I have found work from like for me you know um, and the more that you, you do these the more accurate your levels of truth about this stuff gets because you are becoming so aware that uh, the unawareness is disappeared. Your your dishonesties are shown in the light of awareness. Um, you know, your mind literally might just tell you, you shouldn't do this, this is bad for you, you know, things like this, because it is trying to keep the dishonesties in place that it has developed. Uh, the corruptions, the, the divisions, things like this. And so you may not see a purpose behind what's what, what I'm telling you here. You might not see any reason to do this. But there are many reasons and you can find out what those reasons are, are through consequent, uh, through asking this question about what are the consequences of this. Um, I can give you a bunch of reasons, and I might do that in this episode, but they're not really going to help you um, really see this, for the most part. It's basically going to go one in one ear, out the other, if you're not self-aware enough. So... Anyways, I think I'm just going to end this episode. I mean, I could give you a few reasons. But I don't want to keep you... I don't want to keep... I don't want to uh, give you reasons and you just repeat those reasons to yourself when you're doing this episode. Or you when you're doing this exercise of asking, what am I unaware of? And what are the consequences of this? Because you're not going to learn it from them point so anyways we hope you enjoyed this episode and i will talk to you in the next one